or working with the the mind, the body, the world. It's essential that uh, we establish a basis of loving kindness. We're working with the way things are, not against them. When we take a, a word like loving kindness, metta, it's not just an idea in the mind, but it's a, a quality of attitude. The very way that we pick things up, the way we see things, the way we hold things. Are there are different ways of of working with loving kindness or considering it. But I like to to reflect that it essentially has two aspects. It's like the breath has the two dimensions of the in-breath and the out-breath. Breathing in, we absorb the oxygen that is the life source for this body. Breathing out, we let go of the carbon dioxide, what the body doesn't need, but then goes on to be used by the plants and other aspects of the living world. A loving kindness, I feel, is very like the breath. There's an aspect of it which is outgoing and often when we repeat the words of the reflections on metta bhavana may I abide in well-being may everyone abide in well-being so on has that outgoing quality radiating benevolence radiating kindness over the entire world so that's the outgoing quality of metta. But in some ways I feel that's like the out-breath, that's the, the, the second part, or the, say, the, the result. The essential part of metta, I would say, is the in-breath, the taking in, the openness of heart. I like to use the phrase radical acceptance to describe this uh, essential uh, the, say the most valuable living quality of metta the heart which is open completely accepts the way things are in this moment receives Lumpur used to use the phrase not dwelling in aversion. This has the same spirit. So with metta, it's not just a matter of well-wishing and sending out positive thoughts, feelings, but it's this attitude of acceptance, receptivity, taking it all in. 
And just like the in-breath, where we take the oxygen, oxygen into the body, and that's what keeps this body alive, I feel this is the real heart, the essence, the core of non-contention, of metta, is this receptivity, openness of heart, it's radical acceptance. So I'm working with the body, with our mind, with the world around us. It's important to do the best that we can to establish this attitude of a radical acceptance, opening the heart to the way things are. This doesn't mean passivity, but rather a recognition that in this moment, it's this way. It's like this. So when the mind has agitated thoughts, feelings of regret or violence or jealousy, greed, desire, we can label those as defilements and try to get rid of them, wipe them out and feel that we are following the, the teacher's instructions. Seems to be what this says in the, so many of the Dhamma teachings, the texts we read, the talks we hear. But if there's a contention against selfishness or anger, the mind is trying to wipe out chattering thoughts, feelings of lust or jealousy, then we've got a fight on our hands. And the more you try to wipe something out, destroy it, get rid of it, ironically, the greater strength we give to it. So this quality of radical acceptance, not dwelling in aversion, is refusing to contend against fear and hatred, lust and jealousy, laziness, self-centered thinking, opinions. We're not making them into the enemy, but recognizing in this moment, restlessness feels like this, anger feels like this, lust feels like this. We're not saying that it's beautiful and good, We're saying here it is. This is something that the mind can experience. Here's a mind, here's a body, here's a human life. It's capable of experiencing these qualities. They're part of the natural order. So as the heart opens and takes those things in, that's, that's also an employment of mindfulness. There's sati there as well. Mindfully opening the heart to the way things are. And then in that mindfulness, there's a discernment. Recognizing this is wholesome, this is beneficial. Therefore, keep it, sustain it, support it. This is unben unbeneficial, this is unwholesome, obstructive. Therefore, let go. Release it, relinquish it. 
Now, acceptance does not mean approval. So to be accepting of the chattering mind or aversive, angry, irritated feelings, lust or restlessness, doesn't mean that we don't work with them. It means that we don't make them into a problem or into an enemy. We don't feed them with aversion. Vibhavatanha, the desire to get rid of, is a cause of suffering. So this has a lot to do with how we cultivate skillful effort, right effort. Effort that is attuned to Dhamma. So in that openness of heart, acknowledging the way things are, painful mental states, unskillful mental states, also exactly the same with pains in the body. Rather than meeting them with fear and aversion, trying to get rid of them, fighting against them, there's an openness, a receiving, a recognizing this is the way it is. And then based on mindfulness, attunement to Dhamma, attunement to nature, then a direction is given. If it's unwholesome, unskillful, there's the intention, the effort to let go. Pahanati, the releasing, relinquishing, letting go. There's the intention to establish the wholesome, to establish concentration, to strengthen the quality of loving-kindness, metta. And those efforts are based on mindfulness and wisdom, satipanya, not on self-view, not on I've got to get rid of, I've got to become. This can be done. A practice can be developed in this way. This is samavayamo, attuned effort, effort in tune with Dhamma. Whether it's a mental state or a physical sensation, particularly as the retreat continues and we have more hours of formal meditation sitting together, or walking meditation outside in the cold, feeling the cold air, the frosty winter weather. This is a skillful way to receive the painful, the uncomfortable, the unskillful. Opening the heart to it, knowing it, working with it. So you're not grasping hold of those painful and negative states, afflictive states, and identifying with them, getting lost in them. You're not suppressing them or pushing them away, fighting against them, but rather working with them. With respect to physical pain and, and skillful effort, attuned effort, and when you, you feel a, 
an ache in, the, in your knees or your back or wherever it might be. And the helpful thing to do is to bring the attention right to that area of the body, that zone of experience, to the extent possible, open the heart to that, to know that painful feeling, to let go of worrying, complaining, negotiating, waiting for it to be over, to simply feel it exactly as it is, without adding anything to it. Open the heart to it. Not that we're wanting to experience more pain or looking at the experience of pain as some kind of purifying process, but rather, here is a body, here is a mind. The feeling of pain is part of the spectrum of experience. Here it is. And the more... Uh, say, clear and attuned that quality of awareness, mindfulness is, in relationship to that painful feeling, the easier it is to discern when it's time to move the body, when it's time to change the posture. I always like to recommend to people, even though it's quite all right to change the posture, it's not forbidden at all. But rather than moving the body, changing the posture out of an aversion to pain or a submitting to restlessness, if you open the heart to it, fully acknowledge, receive it, feel it, then the intuitive wisdom will reveal when it's time to relieve the pressure on the body as a, a clear, intuitive, non-personal sense that, okay, that knee has had enough, it's been under strain for long enough, out of kindness to the body, then the posture has changed. So the motivation is kindness and attunement rather than restlessness and aversion. So the result of that is peaceful, liberating, Rather than, rather than creating the causes for more restlessness, more aversion, more fear. Now as the attention gets more settled, as the retreat proceeds, it's four or five days we've had now together, As the attention settles more easily with the present reality, let the attention be more open and be a, an open field of awareness. If the attention rests easily in the present, there's no need to fix the mind upon the breath to be an anchor. Like playing golf, if you're, uh, if you're out at the, uh, the place where you're driving, the, the hole is far off. You need a flag to show you where the hole is. Once you're on the green, you can take the flag out of the hole. You can see where the hole is. It's nearby. It's the same with meditation. If the attention is easily, steadily resting in the present, 
don't need a specific object to be a flag for that. You can let the breath simply be part of the whole field, the whole flow of perceptions. Opening the heart to the present moment. The development of, of a radical acceptance is very much a part of this kind of dimension of the practice as well. Opening the heart to the full array of perceptions here in this present reality. Sound, sensation, mood, here it all is. Coming, going, changing. Opening the heart. Establishing that field of awareness. And again, like the breath, taking it all in, knowing it, letting it all go. As if we are breathing in the present reality. Taking it in, knowing it, letting it all go. And that moment of knowing, that quality of knowing, knowing this present experience, it's like the oxygen hitting the bloodstream. That's the life source. Mindfulness, heedfulness is the path to the deathless. Heedlessness is the path to death. The heedful, the mindful, never die. The heedless are as if dead already. And in establishing this quality of open awareness, attunement to the present, so deliberate letting go of the content of experience to be aware of, to attune to the quality of experiencing itself. Letting go of the content of experience to know the process of experiencing. Letting go of whether that's uh, inside or outside, pleasant or painful. Here it is, in a state of change. Whether we call it in my mind or out in the world, does it really have an owner? Is it me or mine? Whether it's sweet or bitter, is there any experience, any pattern of perception that can totally, permanently satisfy? And we use these reflections on anicca, dukkha, anatta to help sustain that quality of openness, the heart awake, attentive, receiving the flow of perceptions, experiences, knowing them, letting them go, and freeing the heart from identification of any of them, not grasping hold of the pleasant or pushing away the painful. I will use these reflections on anicca, dukkha, anatta, also with a, an attitude of non-contention. We're not attacking our thoughts with the uh, kind of anicca bullets, like in a a firing range shooting down our thoughts and feelings with shots of anicca, anicca, anicca. 
but rather these are simple tools that we use to keep freeing the, the mind from its habit of being born into like and dislike, regret, hope, nostalgia, fear, liking, disliking. So we, when we apply these reflections on anicca, dukkha, anatta, what's being done is helping the heart that is awake, that knows, to receive all the patterns of, of experience. Seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking. To know it as it is, as patterns of nature, arising, taking shape, dissolving. It's not a person, doesn't belong to a person. And in those moments of clarity where there is that clear knowing, that element of knowing is established in an unobstructed, unbiased way, unconfused way, notice what the quality is. What is the heart like when it's completely free of grasping, identification? Simplicity, peacefulness, brightness, an inner quietness. Even if there's a lot of noise, that which knows the noise is silent. There's a lot of movement, that which knows the movement is perfectly still. That which knows the person isn't a person. It's inconceivable, unimaginable, but it knows, it's awake. And even calling it an it, it seems not quite, not quite accurate. This very quality of knowing, right here, It isn't a person, doesn't belong to a person. It's an attribute of Dhamma itself. The mind is Dhamma, it's not a person. The citta is Dhamma, isn't a person. It knows the personal arising and passing, but itself, in its own nature. It's not bound by time, identity, location. There's a knowing. Here it is. It's like this. So the effort is to establish that, clarify that, trust that, and see the effects of its presence. Knowing the world from this basis of awakened awareness, how is it? Be conscious of that. Let that consciousness, that awareness, have its effect. <laughs>